impact is more powerful than intention. And so I decided to retire the name Sensual Yoga and rename my practice. Welcome to the Sensuality Academy podcast, where I share tangible techniques to help you embody your femininity, enhance your sex life, and elevate your relationships. I'm your host, Eleanor Hadley, sensuality coach and founder of Sensual Yoga. Now let's unleash your inner sensualista. Hello, my loves, and welcome to another episode of the Sensuality Academy podcast. So if you've been following me for a while now, especially over on Instagram, you'll know that I'm obsessed with sensual movement, like obsessed. It's honestly what started my entire career trajectory. And without sensual movement, I wouldn't be speaking to you today. I wouldn't have created this business at all. And I definitely wouldn't have created this podcast. Today, I want to share with you some insights as to why I'm so obsessed with sensual movement, my journey, and how I believe it can impact every facet of your life. I'll be sharing with you why I never refer to my signature movement practice as a fitness class, more ways that you can incorporate sensual movement into your life, plus I'm going to open up about why I have renamed my signature movement practice, Sensualista Flow and why I let go of its old name of sensual yoga. As I'm sure you know by now, sensuality is my absolute passion, and I believe that there are hundreds of ways that you can cultivate your sensuality. In fact, I've dedicated the past 10 years or so of my life discovering, testing, and creating specific tools to help you to tap in and enhance your sensuality many of which I share for free here on this podcast and across my socials, along with diving deeper in my workshops, retreats, online programs, and coaching. I first discovered my passion for sensuality through movement, and my sensual movement practice is still my most favorite way to express my sensuality. Movement is the language I speak, the language my body speaks. And it's the one that I find my students feel the most. They really resonate when I incorporate movement. And I could talk all day about why sensuality is good for us. And you, my dear listener, could listen to me bang on about it all day long. But honestly, it's not until we physically do the practices and feel them in our bodies that it all just clicks and starts to make sense. We can get so caught up in rhetoric and discussing all the myriad reasons behind our blocks to feeling sensual, but it's not until we move and really truly drop into our bodies that we can understand its importance. That's what my work is all about, getting you out of your head and into your body. Look, it's the tagline of my online course for a reason. It's bloody imperative, getting out of your head and into your body. And in my experience, having been a personal trainer and a fitness instructor in the past, as well as a pole dancing teacher, and now in the work that I do teaching my signature practice, Sensualista Flow, along with embodied lap dance in the art of seduction, I can confidently say that nothing makes you feel more connected to yourself and your physical body than sensual movement. But 
my style of movement is pretty different to traditional forms of fitness out there. In fact, my approach to exercise is based on feeling good. I don't participate in traditional fitness because I believe that I need to burn X amount of calories to have any form of self-worth, but instead I do it because it feels really good. And I think that that message is what we get fed to us by the fitness industry at large, that it's all about changing yourself. And of course, we all know the benefits of exercise on our physical, emotionally, and most importantly, our mental health. Of course, we know exercise can improve your heart health, build your bone density, make you happier through endorphins, increase your focus, your concentration. It can improve your sleep, help you to relax. But notice that I don't mention slimming down, toning up, or losing weight, because these, I don't believe, are real, true indicators of health. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge advocate for exercise, it's important, we all know this, but I hate the fitness industry, and I will never ever refer to Sensualista Flow or any other style of movement that I teach, for that matter, as a form of fitness. And this is despite the fact that, yes, it is a physical challenge, it's a movement practice, you're likely going to get sweaty, and your muscles are going to feel it the next day. But that's not what it's about at all. It's a happy byproduct, but it's not the purpose of the practice. I have huge, huge issues with the traditional fitness industry, or we could call it the diet industry in disguise, pretending like it gives a shit about your health when really it's just trying to invent brand new ways, brand new insecurities to take advantage of you so they can then ultimately just take your money. I have huge issues with the damaging effects that the fitness industry has on the mindsets and the self-esteem of people all over the world, particularly for those of us who identify as women. It's dialed up even more for us. It's an industry that is built on judgment, shame, and comparison, disguised as one that promotes health and happiness and being able to wear a bikini to the beach. It praises you for your weight lost and your muscle gained on your external appearance and outward efforts. Got a juicy booty and a flat tummy. Achievement unlocked. You can now finally feel good about yourself. But if you don't have that perfect body, well, then my friend, apparently you aren't worthy. This is what the traditional fitness industry will have you believe. It's sneaky. It will masquerade as your bestie who truly cares about you and your health goals, babe but it will also pit you against others in challenges and competitions and make you always feel like you're not quite enough. What does your body look like? What needs to change? How can it be better? These are the questions the traditional fitness industry asks. I don't think this is good enough and I refuse to participate in it. And I'm sad to say that I was actually an active part of this industry for many years back when I managed a gym and ran my pole dancing studio for four years. And the messages of never being good enough made me so uncomfortable. I was involved in creating campaigns which promoted getting fit for summer, achieving a beach body, and other facepalm-worthy, slimy marketing pitches. I didn't feel good about it, and I knew I needed to move in another direction. But 
at the time, I didn't quite have enough confidence or understanding of really what was going on to take a stand. But I'm very happy to report that I've now taken the time to learn and grow, and I feel totally at ease giving the fitness industry a big old middle finger right about now. Back when I started teaching pole dancing at my studio, I noticed that many of my students were coming to us because they had actually lost patience with the gym or other traditional forms of fitness. What they were craving was a different style of movement, and they were searching for a safe space where they wouldn't be preyed upon or watched or judged by other people in the gym, particularly men. And yes, I'm talking about that insidious, that omnipresent male gaze we're all so used to. The studio offered solace from this, and I was really proud of that. And it was here that I discovered the power of shifting the focus from what your body looks like to what it can do. As a student, I became addicted, quite honestly, to the progression that pole dancing offered. Each week, I would learn something completely new, and I'd feel amazing when I finally mastered that difficult trick. And I saw this in my students too. You know, week one, students would arrive and they'd walk into my classroom feeling meek and mild, their shoulders were hunched, hands pulling down on the shorts that we told them that they needed to wear. Because yes, you can't grip to the pole with leggings on. You need that bare skin. Trust me, it's a necessity. And I always noticed in the newbies, their eyes darting around the room nervously, internally questioning what the hell they had signed up for, and maybe even judging me a little bit as I stood up on stage in my seven inch heels and my super short shorts. <laughs> but a matter of weeks later, I witnessed these women transform completely. After only a few sessions, they were rocking their short shorts and their high heels, beaming with pride and high-fiving each other for nailing their first upside-down flip on the pole. And seeing these transformations were my absolute favorite part about teaching. But as the pole industry grew over the years, I noticed a shift. What was once a really fun hobby became a serious sport. Competitions popped up at every studio in every state as well as national and international stages. As competitive pole grew, so too did the focus on what your body could do. I noticed students putting pressure on themselves to learn new and harder tricks at a much quicker progression than I had once done as a student years before. Many wanted to perform on stage and win that coveted sash, which I saw as just another way to compare yourself and your abilities against someone else. Now, there's nothing wrong with healthy competition, but I saw that it was taking away. And it was at this point that I realized I didn't want to be involved anymore. It had gotten away from the, the gentle, nourishing roots that originally made me fall in love with the sport. So I sold my studio and began my journey to create a form of movement that was no longer centered around what your body looks like or what it can do, but instead on how it feels. My work is so deeply rooted in helping you to reignite sensation, to connect with the sensate body, to be of the senses. 
It's about helping you to recognize that your body has so much ability to feel really fucking good. My work is about connecting you with your own pleasure, with your own bliss. It's about showing love and appreciation for your body, not judging it on what it looks like or what it can and can't do. And this is the premise of Sensualista Flow. Sensual movement empowers you to appreciate the body you're in, to own it, to cherish it, and to show it some well-deserved love. It's about savoring it, luxuriating in your body and really feeling nourished by the practice. Fitness is a byproduct of my movement practice, not the sole purpose. And I truly believe that the traditional fitness industry, it breeds body shame, it breeds self-consciousness, and I think that's unethical. So you won't ever hear me suggesting that sensual Easter flow will help you lose weight, slim down, tone up, because I don't believe that you need to change. I'd simply like to invite you to connect deeper with yourself and your sensuality. Over my many, many years of teaching women how to move, I've noticed three things. Firstly, that there is so much shame around embracing our sensuality and especially our sexuality. Society sends us such confusing messages about what is and isn't deemed appropriate, and ultimately we just end up with these mixed emotions around stepping into our sensual bodies and whether it's actually safe to do that or if it's shameful. The second thing that I've noticed is that women are innately sensual beings. And yeah, it might take a bit of relearning, but our bodies are designed to move in a soft, smooth, and sensual way. Our bodies crave and welcome in big, juicy, fluid movements. And in the words of my students, it's like coming home. And thirdly, once given a safe space to explore our sensuality away from the male gaze, away from judgment, once we're given that safe space to explore our innate feminine movement, there is absolutely no stopping us. And I've been lucky enough to witness hundreds of women going from shy, broken and shame-filled to super confident, bright, happy sensualistas in a matter of sessions with me. It's truly transformative work. I want to inspire people to embrace their sensuality and to cultivate self-love in every aspect of their lives. One vehicle to achieve this is through movement, and I think it's a really bloody powerful one. In connecting with our femininity and really dropping into our bodies, we open ourselves up to create a deep connection with our body, with our breath, with our pleasure, and with our soul. So this is why I created Sensualista Flow and my online course, The Art of Sensual Movement. It's why I teach empowered lap dance in The Art of Seduction. And yes, yes, I promise an online version is coming soon. You can find the link and join the waitlist in the episode description and the show notes. In what I call a moving protest against the body shaming tactics of big business, I've resolved to reclaim my body through the power of sensual movement. And I hope that you'll join me too. I'm taking my body back from 
all those people out there saying it should look like this or that. I'm taking it back from those who try to tell us what a real woman is, that gender is a binary, and especially from those who tell us that our physical appearance is in any way tied up with our worth. I want to crash that down. I want to help you to reclaim your body. I want to inspire you to move your body in a way that feels really, really good. So now let me shift gears a little bit and talk about my journey with sensual movement and why I think that you should also incorporate it into your life. Personally, I grew up dancing all my life. I did jazz, ballet, tap, all the regular styles of dance as I was growing up. And then when I was an adult, I taught pole dancing for over four years at my studio. And so it's only natural that I have a penchant now for this style of movement. So often when I teach classes, though, I have students lament that I make it look so easy and so natural or that they just can't move like this. Why isn't their body cooperating? That maybe they're just bad at it and on and on and on. And I find this really disheartening. But I want you to know, no, I need you to know (laughs) that moving my body in a sensual way definitely didn't always feel natural. Sure, I grew up dancing, but not sensually. You're not doing a sensual tap dance as an (laughs) eight-year-old. And so it definitely didn't feel natural to me when I first started exploring this deeply feminine, erotic, sensual way of moving. Far from it. I felt like a total noob. The first time I tried to circle my hips or attempt a body wave, I looked ridiculous. I was awkward, very embarrassed, and way outside my comfort zone. I honestly spent my entire first pole class in like embarrassed fits of laughter, (laughs) trying to just ease that tension of being what I thought was terrible at the time. And honestly, I seriously questioned if I would ever be able to look as fluid as my own instructors back in the day. But at the same time, something about this style of movement felt familiar, distantly so, but still something deep in my body knew that it was natural to me. So I kept practicing. I kept playing and experimenting and slowly I got the hang of it. And then I fell in love with it. And then I started to crave it. And now I'm at a point where I recognize its healing power I recognize how absolutely transformative it is for me when I step in, when I drop into my sensual movement practice, that I notice if I haven't allowed space for it for a while, I feel it so deeply in my body. I feel it in my energy. I notice my mood shift and I notice a total disconnection to my pleasure. It's a sure sign for me that it's time to get back into my body. So how can you incorporate sensual movement into your own life? Well, there's a few ways, but honestly, it can be quite simple. As simple as slowly running your hands along your body and breathing into it. Actually, let's do this together now. If it's safe to do so, you're not driving or walking on the street, I want you to close your eyes with me. Take a deep, slow breath. And allow your consciousness to drop from your head into your body. 
Tune into how your physical body feels right now. How your emotional body feels right now. Then, gently bring the fingertips of one hand to the bottom of the other. And slowly, softly, run your fingers up along your arm. Breathing into the subtle sensations here. Allowing yourself to melt into the moment. To soften. Gently bringing your fingertips along your chest. Slowly bringing them up along your neck. Perhaps caressing your face. And breathing and melting the hand back down along the chest. Hmm. Doesn't that feel so delicious? Feel free to open your eyes back up again or just bask in that for a while. So that is just one simple example of sensual movement. That's the subtle, the small, the intricate sensual movement. Then, of course, we can go to the other end of the spectrum, into the full body movement. Cat rolls, hip circles, body waves, hair flicks, and all of the fun floor work. But the difference here between other forms of movement or dance is this. Presence. It's about presence with yourself. Being with yourself, witnessing yourself. I always talk about sensuality being akin to mindfulness, but it's more than that. It's like mindfulness 2.0, mindfulness with an embodied twist. Sensuality is not just about simply noticing or observing your senses and your surroundings, but instead it's about savoring and luxuriating in them. When we infuse this mentality, this mindset into the physical movements, oh, it makes them even juicier. So when I teach my practices, I always invite you to close your eyes, to breathe, and I invite you to take up space, to make your movements big and expansive, to express yourself fully, and at the same time, enjoy that subtlety of that light, gentle touch. And I think that this expansive nature is especially important for us women who are consistently told by society to be smaller, to be quieter. You know, we cross our legs and we shrink ourselves when we should be allowing ourselves to be seen, to take up space, to demand attention, to manspread on the train as well. (laughs) These movements can feel really strange and often quite confronting, though. I often find sometimes my students feel really confronted by moving in this way that typically society says is not okay. It's too much. It's too sexy. You're going to get unwanted attention if you do that. Because we've been conditioned to see sensuality and particularly women owning their sensual expression, their sexuality, as something to be vilified. And you know why? 
because it's something that the patriarchy has deemed as for men. Oh, you can do that when it's for men, but why on earth would you do it for yourself? Well, we do it for ourselves as a form of reclamation. Tell me, how often have you censored yourself and your natural movements out of fear of being seen as asking for attention? Or perhaps you've judged that girl on the dance floor who's shaking her hips and dancing super sexually. Why is that? Why do we do this? Because it's fucking powerful. It's magnetic. And our bodies are goddamn temples to be worshipped. And if we just knew this about ourselves, we wouldn't be fooled into wasting our precious time, our energy and our money to spend on capitalist corporations that are designed to create products that just want to keep us small. Lofty, perhaps, but this is part of my inspiration and my purpose in creating Sensualista Flow, in creating the art of sensual movement and the art of seduction. It's all a reclamation. Now, if you've paid attention to the intro of my podcast, or perhaps you're a longtime listener and you know it well, you'll know that I introduced myself as the founder of Sensual Yoga. Now, I will be updating this intro soon when I get the chance, but before I do so, I'd love to share with you a bit more about why I've decided to retire the name Sensual Yoga and why I've renamed my signature movement practice Sensualista Flow instead. And yes, that's Sensualista, not Sensualista. And... I don't know why, but that's very important to me (laughs) that it be pronounced centralista. And no, it's not a real word. I made it up and I created it because I wanted a word to describe a person who is embodied in their femininity and their sensuality. I absolutely love Spanish. So I was kind of inspired to use a Spanish sounding word and create a word that articulated the essence of it but that also sounded deeply feminine. And so that's where that Easter sound comes from. But that's an aside. Now let's chat about cultural appropriation, shall we? When I first had the inspiration to create sensual yoga a few years ago, it was very influenced by both my study of yoga and my experience in teaching dance and fitness for years, particularly pole dance. And I created what was then called sensual yoga to inspire more feminine movement in a practice that can be rather masculine in energy, as traditional yoga was created by men and predominantly with male bodies in mind. And I talk a lot about this in episode five, though I do feel I've evolved my views since that episode. (laughs) Ah, the things you can learn in the space of a year, huh? Now, for those of you who may not know or may not be familiar with the term, I want to share a definition for you about what cultural appropriation is. So cultural appropriation refers to the use of objects or elements of a non-dominant culture. So, for example, indigenous cultures in a way that doesn't respect their original meaning, doesn't give them credit to their source or reinforces stereotypes that can often be harmful and often contributes to oppression. It's things like the white wellness community being so whitewashed and buying sage in bulk despite it being a spiritual practice of certain indigenous peoples and the capitalist nature of its popularization causing harm. 
It's white folk wearing their hair in dreadlocks or cornrows. It's the fox eye trend, the tanning industry, and yes, people using the word yoga to describe a practice that is not culturally accurate. Now, please, please do some further research on cultural appropriation as I can't cover it in depth here today. And particularly do this if you're white and you're thinking, oh, none of that stuff is that bad. Because yeah, it is. It's harmful and we need to do better. So with my creation of what I used to call sensual yoga, honestly, it was never real yoga. And I was quite open about this. I said it was inspired by yoga quite heavily at the time. But now it's evolved to a point where while there remains some influence from the yogic traditions in terms of the focus on introspection and a small selection of some asanas, it's really moved quite far from it. Now it's really a sensual feminine movement practice. It's not yoga at all. And as a white woman who is committed to anti-racism, I'm constantly learning and unlearning about things like the impact of white supremacy and cultural appropriation. And it's through this work and the labor of many wonderful educators of color out there that I follow and learn from that I recognize that it's really, really seriously not my place to be using the term yoga for my creation. And I believe that impact is more powerful than intention, and so I decided to retire the name Sensual Yoga and rename my practice. It's now Sensualista Flow. In all honesty, I think that this had been in the back of my mind for quite a while, and it's a big part of why I think I put Sensual Yoga on ice for a while, but I hadn't actually allowed myself the space to fully unpack it. Since I first created the practice, my business has shifted to such a degree that the movement isn't the main focus, or it wasn't the main focus until recently again. (laughs) And it hadn't been for quite a while when I first decided to really just bite the bullet and change the name. So last year, I consciously split my business, separating the movement practice and the Eleanor Hadley brand to try and allow some space for them to be their own entities. But it is time consuming enough to run one business by myself, let alone two. So essentially yoga didn't get much of a look in for a while, but I recognize that it is a powerful practice. The movement practice I've created is powerful and my students will attest to that. I've always, always had very big visions for it, but I couldn't comfortably move forward with it and make it a global movement practice that I see with the old name. And I'm now sharing more sensual movement again, and particularly through my empowered lap dance class, The Art of Seduction. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to just start fresh and introduce Sensualista Flow to you. I am so, so relieved to have changed this name, and I hope that you love it as much as I do. Now, if you'd love to try this practice that I keep on banging on about, please join me on my workshop tour as I'll be sharing elements of Sensualista Flow in some of my upcoming workshops. So head to eleanorhadley.com events to book your spaces now. And at the time of recording, I'm in Sydney. And I have three workshops on in the coming week. And then I'm heading to Melbourne and Adelaide. And I'll have more workshops coming up soon in Queensland, Byron Bay, Newcastle, and Perth in April and May. 
So make sure that you register for the workshop waitlist at eleanorhadley.com slash workshop waitlist to be given notice um, as soon as workshops are announced, the dates are released and bookings are open in your location. You can also request here locations that I don't have plans to come to yet. And if I get enough interest, I'm going to come over. (laughs) And for all my loves who aren't in Australia, but really, really want to get on the sensual movement bandwagon and you're like, this practice sounds like so much fun. I really want to try it. Then I've got you. I would absolutely love to invite you to join my online course, which is called The Art of Sensual Movement. This is where I teach you the foundations of sensualista flow and break down these movements module by module, lesson by lesson. You'll be learning sitting movements, cat rolls, hair flicks, and a full sequence, plus so much more. This is the best place for you to start and you'll be able to really go at your own pace here to revisit the lessons at any time in your own space and really take your time to understand and feel sensual movement in your body. This is also the best foundation for my upcoming course in the art of seduction. That's my empowered, embodied laugh dance. So I highly, highly recommend if you're thinking of doing that, definitely start by enrolling in the art of sensual movement and practicing those floor movements first before that comes out, because you're just going to be in such a better position to do those movements when it comes to it. Again, you'll find all the links to enroll and join the next wait list in my show notes in the episode description as well. You can also just go to theartofsensualmovement.com slash course to enroll now. And as a very special thank you for being a fabulous listener and supporter of the podcast, I would love to gift you with 15% off. Just use the code PODCAST in all caps. Enjoy! Now that is all from me for this week, my loves. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that it resonated with you and I hope that you enjoy some beautiful sensual movement. I will speak to you next time. Until then, stay sensual. Thanks for listening to the Sensuality Academy podcast. Before you go, I want to invite you to take my free quiz to discover your pleasure language. This really quick, fun quiz will get you started on your journey to explore your own pleasure and how to communicate this with a partner. Plus, you'll receive a bonus worksheet with journaling prompts to dive even deeper. Check it out now in the show notes or head to eleanorhadley.com slash pleasure language. Also, don't forget to share with your friends, post it to your stories and tag me over on Instagram at eleanorhadley. Enjoy. Enjoy.